Hello, my name is Roderick Caesar III, and I'm the senior pastor of Bethel Gospel Tabernacle. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I hope that you are encouraged, challenged, and inspired by this message. Most of all, I pray that you would hear from God today and that your faith would be strengthened. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the word. God bless. morning, everyone. There are many questions and some hard answers that arise in the study of this, the third of the seven last words spoken by Jesus Cross on the, by Jesus Christ on the cross as life slowly escaped his body. Woman, behold thy son, behold thy mother. First, it should be noted that when Jesus used the term woman to address his own mother, it was not a term of disrespect, but actually one that was honorable. It is also one that he used at least on one other occasion in scripture. But the main question we want to answer this morning is why did Jesus give the responsibility for the care of his mother to his disciple John? A more full reading of the scripture and context tells us more of what we need to consider here this morning. John 19 verses 25 through 27. King James Version. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, woman, behold thy son. Then he said to the disciple, behold thy mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her unto his own home. It almost seems an afterthought. Jesus looks around, sees his mother standing there with other women. He sees his disciple, John, whom he was very close to. And he thinks, oh yeah, my mother. And he gives the responsibility for the care of his mother to his disciple, John, who just happened to be standing there. But it was not like that. Jesus giving the responsibility for the care of his mother to his disciple John was anything but an afterthought. It was intentional. It was planned. And it fulfilled a purpose set by God. One of the initial purposes of God for Jesus giving the responsibility for the care of his mother to his disciple John was consistent with every scripture that lies between the first between the the front and the back cover of the Bible. It was placed there for us to ponder, for us to study. And as is noted in 2 Timothy 3.16, it was placed there as an inspiration from God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So where is our doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction for righteousness in this scripture. Woman, behold thy son, behold thy mother. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was not just any person standing by as the Messiah fulfilled all that was required of him while on the cross of our salvation. Mary was first introduced not in Luke 1 when the angel Gabriel told her that her son would be called the son of God. Mary was introduced in the prophecy of Jesus Christ's birth in Isaiah 7:14, where it says, behold, 
a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 7:14. There is only one human being who is an absolute witness to the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin. Of course, God is a witness. He planned it and he made it happen. Joseph the carpenter, Joseph of Nazareth was also a witness, but he was a witness by faith. As God told him in a dream, but that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Mary was the only true human witness to Jesus' virgin birth. Mary, as Jesus' mother, most of us would think she was the first believer and follower of Christ in the flesh, and she was. Once Mary said, yes to God, be it unto me according to thy word. Mary was in communion with Jesus. Her life was intertwined with his. From carrying him in the womb to giving birth to the move to Egypt, fleeing the death threats from Herod, to the 12-year-old Jesus in the temple when he announced that he had to be about his father's business. We should note here, scripture says they did not understand what he was saying to them. This state marked an awakening for Mary and Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, as they began to see the depths of Jesus' call. They too had a more clear call, that they, even though they were the parents of the child, they too were called to follow Jesus and to believe. Mary was there and even instigated Jesus' first miracle at the wedding at Canaan, at Cana. Scripture tells us that at times in Jesus' life, Mary would treasure and hold things in her heart. As she could not fully understand the true meaning, she waited for the truth to be revealed. But even with all the physical evidence, sorry to say, but it appears that even Mary wavered in her faith. But here at the cross, Mary had reached that point prophesied by Simeon in the temple 33 years earlier when Mary and Joseph had presented the baby Jesus in the temple. It was then that she was told that a sword would pierce your own heart. That point had now come as Mary came to grips with the fact that he was never completely hers. Mary was indeed used by God for a noble and a special purpose. And although she should, and although she should never be thought of as a deity, her human sacrifice and obedience to God was the channel through which God, the Son, was able to come into the world as both fully God and as fully human. So as Jesus hung on the cross to fulfill the purpose of God on the spiritual level, the forgiveness of sins, the reconciliation of humans back to God, Jesus also fulfilled a purpose of God on the human level, establishing once and for all that the spiritual family is higher than that of the biological family. Mary sort of sat between the two, loving her son and her other children and following her Messiah's son's ministry. Bible scholars have debated for centuries about Jesus' siblings. Were they from a previous marriage of Joseph or were they from the godly union of Joseph and Mary? Joseph, Jesus was known as the carpenter's son. His four brothers were James, Jose, Judah, and Simon. And he had at least two sisters. 
We are told they were all a family well known in Nazareth as they lived amongst many other Jewish families. And thus Jesus was a prophet without honor, not only in his Nazareth neighborhood, but he was a prophet without honor amongst his siblings who openly doubted him as his own received him not. Clearly, according to scripture, they were not believers. So thus they were not present as Jesus hung dying on the cross when he gave the responsibility for the care of his mother to his disciple John. The responsibility for the care of Jesus' mother could not be given to the biological family. Jesus' spiritual brother, his disciple John, supplanted Jesus' biological family when Jesus hung on the cross. John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was Jesus' heir. He inherited the responsibility for the care of Jesus' mother, which Jesus, as the oldest son, had inherited from Joseph, her husband. Jesus loved John. They were close. They were spiritual brothers and close friends. And thus he, the disciple that Jesus loved, was given responsibility for the care of Jesus' mother. So who was John? John was not just anyone, and he wasn't just any disciple. John, the disciple that Jesus loves, was in the core of Jesus' followers. We often saw that Jesus would pull aside Peter, James, and John for special purposes. It is recorded three times in the Gospels. The three were given special assignments when Jesus, such as when Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, and when Jesus went to the Mount of Transfiguration, and God the Father spoke to them, saying, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And Peter, James, and John accompanied Jesus to pray in the garden the night before his crucifixion. But even within that core three, Peter, James, and John, John may have stood alone as the disciple that Jesus loved, or as the Amplified Bible says, the disciple Jesus esteemed, meaning Jesus thought highly of the disciple John. At that time, that Jesus was arrested, all the disciples fled, John included. These are the ones that followed Jesus, the followers of Jesus fled. It shows that we all are in need of forgiveness and a reset from time to time. Peter even denied Jesus three times, but yet here at the cross, his disciple John is present. He returned and is standing next to the women the courageous, the heroic, and the steadfast women who did not waver as they followed Jesus. We see that the disciple John was not just any believer as God chose him not only to take responsibility for the care of Jesus' mother, but also John was chosen in later years to pen five books of the Bible under the direction of the Holy Spirit. So John, one of the sons of Zebedee, is not only the disciple that Jesus loved and esteemed, he is also known as John the Revelator, John of Patmos, John the Divine, John the Theologian, John the Apostle. This John, the disciple that Jesus loved and esteemed, was also a missionary. Extra biblical sources say that the disciple John settled in Ephesus, accompanied by Mary years later the mother of Jesus. The apostle Paul called John a pillar of the church. 
So thus the placing of the responsibility for the care of Jesus' mothers was, was not an afterthought, something to be dealt with at the last minute. It was well thought out, well planned and intended with purpose. The spiritual credentials of John, the disciples that Jesus esteemed was a necessary assignment. The covering that Jesus gave to his mother was a spiritual covering. Jesus took his mother and placed the responsibility for her care with the one who was spiritually mature enough to handle it. Mary was placed in a spiritual family that was able to handle the rigors of the life that she would face after the Messiah had been crucified, resurrected, and ascended into glory in heaven. And even though her own children were not forsaken, their time after Jesus' death would be taken up with other things as they struggled to come to terms with first their own unbelief and then next their own rejection of their brother and then the acceptance of Jesus as the risen Messiah. The disciple John's responsibility for the care of Jesus' mother must have gone beyond just Mary herself and also included Jesus' brothers and sisters because by the first book of Acts, Mary, the mother of Jesus and Jesus' brothers were in the body of believers in the upper room praying in one accord. We know that James, the oldest brother of Jesus, not only became a believer in the brother that he once scorned, but he was the first bishop of Jerusalem, the author of the book of James in the Bible and was known as James the Greater. But here at the cross, John was ready. They were not. As we look back at our scripture, woman, behold thy son, behold thy mother. Many of us are familiar with the visions inside our own families or amongst our in-laws. And with Mary now, we see two sides of the family, the biological family that doubted and mocked Jesus, the side of the family which Mary herself was part of when during Jesus' early ministry, the family went to see Jesus at Capernaum. Mark 3, 21 reports that the family thought Jesus was mad, that he was crazy. Understand that this side of the family were believing Jews, devout followers of the Torah. They said, he is out of his mind. You might remember, this is when Jesus said, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples. Mary's life shows that even with unquestionable physical evidence and experience, we are still called to follow Jesus and to believe. And then there is the spiritual side of the family, the family that followed Jesus, the side that worshiped him and celebrate his victory over Satan, death, and the grave. Giving the disciple John the responsibility for the care of Jesus' mother was God's plan to make it plain that the spiritual family is higher than the biological family. So thus God's purpose is fulfilled with the disciple John being given responsibility for the care of Jesus' mother. So the question today as we follow Jesus is, would you be on the side of the biological family that would criticize Jesus for going off and getting himself killed? Or would you be on the spiritual side of the family that will rejoice at Jesus' resurrection and about the, how the grave could not hold him? Are you ready to take Mary in and lead that side of the family to the altar. We know from the Zoom room which side of the family we are on today. 
we follow Jesus. Amen. Hello again, it's Pastor Roderick, and I hope that you were blessed by this message. If so, please subscribe to our podcast for more updates and to stay current with what God is doing in our ministry. You can also partner with us and give to the ministry by texting BGTFI to 77977. That's BGTFI to 77977. Visit our website at BGTFI.us for more information. Thanks and God bless.